welcome back. Yeah, a lot of people on to us to say uh, that it was a fascinating story from Mansur al Daifi. There he is in the art centre in Nina tomorrow night from about uh, eight o'clock, and uh, it's it's one hell of a story, uh, that's for sure. Now, our vouchers going to um, let me see. It's Bradley Hennessy from Mulnahone winning the uh, Lenans carryout licence uh, voucher there based on Liberty Square in Thurles and uh, well done to Steve Cummins of Tumavara who won the Boomerang Country Store uh, voucher there based on the Dublin Road out of Thurles there and of course this is all by way of celebration of Christmas shopping in Thurles now it's time for this week's Conspiracy Files and Ellie is with me good morning to you Ellie morning friend what are we delving into this week Ellie? well this week we're looking at the moon landings Aha. and this is kind of back in the news again because Russian government officials came out last week to say that after a long investigation that they have conducted they have determined that the landings in the 60s were faked by the US. Now, of course, this is a long-standing kind of conspiracy. Mm. I think from the moment Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon on July 20th of 1969, I think the rumours were almost immediate that the whole thing had been staged. Now, it kind of came in and out of, um, I suppose, our space over the decades. And science journalist Richard C. Hogland wrote his book in 2007 called Dark Mission. And he claimed in that that he saw NASA officials handing out flyers at the time of the landings, warning people that they were fake and not to get freaked out by it. Now, despite the fact thousands of pictures are faked and moon rocks were brought back and 30% of Americans at that time indeed believed that the moon landings were fake. At that was the, t- thir- at at the, the time. time. Wow. 30% of Americans who were polled believed that they That's were fake. That's incredible. Now, this wasn't helped either by the number of movie references at the time because it, um, the idea behind it, I think, was turned into ideas for movies. Mm. You had the James Bond movie, Diamonds Are Forever, There's a scene in that where James Bond breaks into a warehouse where he finds government agents filming a fake moon landing. There was also the movie called Capricorn One. Now that told the story of man landing on Mars, but as it turned out in the end of the movie, the whole thing had been faked. Now this drove a suspicion of the moon landings during the 70s. It faded a little bit in the 80s, but then had a resurgence again during the 90s and into the noughties. It caught on big time with millennials, particularly with the kind of birth of TikTok and Mm. Twitter. So people were able, they had a, a place now where they could bring their ideas, they could bring their pictures, they could ask questions and they would have like-minded people who would kind of study it with them and kind of agreed with them. Mm. There was also this documentary during the noughties. It was a Bart Sebrel film and it's called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. And as part of that, he was adamant during the whole documentary that he was going to get an interview with Buzz Aldrin and sit down with him and make him confess that the whole moon landing had been faked and Buzz Aldrin was part of that fake. Um, What he asked him to do as part of that documentary, he doorstepped him. So he walked up to him in the street as he was coming out of a building. He put a Bible out in front of him and asked him to swear on the Bible that he really went to the moon. It didn't end well for him. It featured in the documentary. It's the first clip I have. You really like it, You're the one who said you walked on the moon when you didn't. Calling the kettle black, if I ever thought of it. Saying I misrepresented myself. Away from me. You're a coward and a liar and a thief. Whoa. He got a punch from Buzz Aldrin. Punched him, wow. Now, there was a bit, a a big kind of build up to that. I mean, he was 
stalking him for weeks before right. that. So Buzz Aldrin just finally had enough on it. But for the conspiracy theorists, this was enough for them to say, well, he's not admitting that he went to the moon and he's avoiding the question. So this definitely shows it was fake. So this documentary and Buzz's reaction to it kind of reignited mm. that whole conspiracy then again. Then, of course, you have Joe Rogan, the king of podcasts, and for a lot of people, the king of conspiracy. Mm. He did a number of shows about the moon landing, which launched the theories to a new and wider and younger audience. Here's some of what he said on his show. I've looked at a lot of very compelling documentaries that explain why they think it was hoaxed. And they'll show you some footage and you can look at some of the footage and it looks fake. There's some footage that to me looks really doctored. There's to this some, day. Yeah, to this day. Okay. Some, when, you ever seen ones where it looks like they're on wires, like the astronauts are on, on wires? I have. There's somewhere, there's a video where they look like they're on a trampoline. They're bouncing around on trampolines. Mm -hmm. The physics are different in different videos. This right. is where it gets weird. Like, the physics are different from the Apollo 11 moon landing. We see them waddle around on the surface of the moon. They're moving at, like, half speed. And then you see them in other ones, like the one where they bounce around the air. You're like, well, they're moving different. They're in the same thing, right. but it looks different. The first one was very grainy. They showed it on a uh, projection screen. Right. There's a couple different possibilities. One possibility is it just looks weird because it's on the moon and your brain is trying to interpret it and your brain's going, well, that's fake because you don't really understand what one-sixth Earth's gravity really does to a body. It is, yeah. That's one possibility. Yeah. Another possibility, which has been shown to be true, is that some of the stuff that they passed off as being legitimate photographs of space travel was actually test runs where they blacked out the background and pretended that they were in space. And there's one really clear example of this. It's Michael Collins. Michael Collins, who was a guy who was aboard Apollo 11. Right. And Gemini 15. There's a photo of him uh, in uh, the middle of a spacewalk, and he's got this harness on. He's holding on to this, like, thing. And it, it was apparently just an image that had already been published of him in a training exercise. And they blacked out the background and flipped the picture up, upside down. Does that mean that they faked the moon landing? No, but it means that people fake things. So you got to throw, like, you got to be really objective and looking at that. Right. Okay. So people say fake things. They definitely filmed a lot of the, um, the training exercises that they did of the moon landing. Right. They filmed a lot of shit. They right. definitely did. If that has already been proven that they took this fake photograph and they tried to pass it off as a real space war, right. it's entirely possible that some of the stuff that they filmed, they made out to look like they were on the moon when they were not. Right. But does that mean they didn't go to the moon? No. It doesn't. And, uh, that's Joe Rogan. Ellie, is there evidence that it's a fake? Is there absolute Well, I'm evidence? not too sure if there's evidence, but I mean, the, there are a lot of clues that would kind of help you make your determination one way or the other. Like when you think of it, right, the Russians won a lot of the, the first part mm. of that space race. They put the first man-made object into space with Sputnik 1 in 1957. They put the first animal in space with Laika the dog in 1972. She didn't survive, by the mm. way. Mm. They 
They also followed that with two more flights with animals that did survive. They had the first man with Yuri Gagarin, the first woman with Valentina Tereshkova, the first multi-person crew, the first craft to reach the moon, all Russian achievements. The US race was much slower and it wasn't going well. If you'll remember Apollo 1, there was a fire on board that killed the entire crew of that. There were explosions on rocket missions. They were vastly behind the Russians in the space race. And then, of course, remember you'll remember that very famous JFK speech where he said, we don't go to the moon because it's easy. We go because it is hard. Remember, that was a great speech. And they say that that was what kind of inspired America to go ahead Russia in the race. There were also rumours at the time that Russia was going to use the moon to store nuclear missiles. Wow. So that was also inspiring America to try and win this race. So they were under serious pressure to overtake the Russians in the space race, even if it just was the optics of winning the space race. Mm. So if we look at the clues when it comes to whether or not the moon landing was fake, the first clue that got sceptics thinking was that from pictures from the landing... It appeared that shadows were being cast in different directions. Now, the sun and the moon is the only light source. On Earth, shadows will only go in one direction. But photos from the moon show that shadows are all in, in all different directions. And even when astronauts are in shadow, they look like they're being lit from behind. So that would indicate multiple light sources like mm. studio lights. You could also see from picture reflections... There's one picture of Buzz Aldrin where you can see a row of lights in the reflection of the mask on his helmet. Mm. So this would, again, indicate that this is some kind of studio light that's been set up. But were there not lights on, on the, the, the space thingy that was on the moon? On the lunar module? Yeah. Not emitting no, not, lights. Okay. No. Right. Okay. There's also a picture of Neil Armstrong where you can see what looks like a very large studio light in the background of, of a reflection of his mask. Mm. An interesting one, there's a picture of a rock on the moon and it has a very clear letter C on it. Now, whether that's just some kind of geological formation, I don't know, but a lot of people would say that that's a movie prop. Yes. And that's why it had the letter C on it. There's also the strange question of why you can't see any stars on any of the pictures from the moon. Even on Earth, with the amount of light pollution on a clear night, you can still see the Milky Way. But any pictures from the moon, there are absolutely no stars visible mm. on any of the pictures. And w- from the were moon. they asked about this? Were they they were. They were asked about this because it was something that came up very quickly afterwards. And they were asked about the absence of stars. This was the astronauts when they were uh, interviewed afterwards. Here's what they said. When you looked up at the sky, could you actually see the stars and the solar corona in spite of the glare? We were never able to see stars from the lunar surface or on the daylight side of the moon by eye without looking through the optics. Uh, I don't recall during the period of time that we were photographing the sonar curl of what, uh, what stars we could see. I don't remember seeing any. Right, and what, what's the issue with that? The issue with that is because they admitted, both the astronauts and NASA admitted that they use stars as navigation to get yeah. to the moon. But if they can't see the stars, then how do they navigate their way to the moon? Right, what else is there, Ellie? The lunar module, that emitted 3,000 pounds of thrust Now, the surface of the moon where they landed, full of dust, but there were no scorch marks on the surface and there was no dust in the air. So a lot of people would question, would the lunar module not have thrown up dust? 
There's also the NASA video footage of the lunar module leaving the surface to rejoin Apollo 11 in orbit. There's no rocket propulsion in that and you can clearly see the video. It simply kind of just lifts off and then the camera filming it zooms out and pans. So a lot of people were saying, well, how is this camera moving? And who's filming it if both the astronauts have left? There's footage of when astronauts fall. And that's what Joe Rogan was kind of um, pertaining to. Yeah, yeah. it it looks like they are pulled up. I mean, they don't move naturally. Mm. Now, you could say that that's maybe gravity or whatever, but it, it doesn't look natural. Yes. There's footage of Buzz and Neil putting up the flag but who's shooting the film and why is the flag waving? You yeah, can clearly that's, that's see the flag wave. I hear that all of the time. Yeah, yeah, because you're on a vacuum in the moon. There's no wind there. So how right. is it moving? There's no wind or breeze there. Also, the temperature on the surface of the moon, it's 250 degrees Fahrenheit. The film on the camera would have melted. But there are thousands of pictures claiming to be from the surface and they all came out absolutely perfectly fine. There was no issue with the film at all. The biggest issue, though, is radiation. In 1958, scientists discovered two belts of radiation around the Earth. It means that any object leaving the Earth has to pass through these two belts. When they're first discovered, scientists thought it was actually a Soviet nuclear test being carried out in space. Such was the level of radiation there. And here's NASA's own explanation of those radiation belts. As we get further away from Earth, we'll pass through the Van Allen belts, an area of dangerous radiation. Radiation like this could harm the guidance systems, onboard computers, or other electronics on Orion. But Orion has protection. Shielding will be put to the test as the vehicle cuts through the waves of radiation. Sensors aboard will record radiation levels for scientists to study. We must solve these challenges before we send people through this region of space. I'd go to the moon in a nanosecond. Uh, The problem is we don't have the technology to do that anymore. We used to but we uh, destroyed that technology and uh, it's a painful process to build it back again. We destroyed that technology. Destroyed the technology. It's so strange, isn't it? Um, in terms of that protection from radiation, what, what were they talking about there? Well, the rockets would need to be lined with lead in order to protect it from radiation and very heavy um, and, and thick uh, layers of lead. But what they did have, though, was aluminium foil because otherwise it would have been too heavy to line them with lead. And NASA are tr- still trying to convince people that aluminium was enough to protect the astronauts and the, um, the modules themselves and the rockets themselves from this radiation. Also worth noting as well, the original tapes from the moon landing, they're all gone. All of them gone. They can be investigated. NASA admitted they'd all been taped over. So that can't be poured over, that can't be studied. That, that sounds really suspicious because, I mean, it was one of the most momentous it was historic. occasions of yeah, all time. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the most historic moments of mankind, all the tapes taped over. But then you would ask, who could be involved in a cover-up? Mm. Q, Stanley Kubrick. You know Stanley Kubrick? The, f- the filmmaker. and the One of the things. greatest filmmakers, are considered yeah. to be one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, of his 13 movies... A few are considered classics in their respective genres, including the black comedy A Doctor Strangelove, Mm. the highly quotable anti-war commentary of Full Metal Jacket. Also, of course, one of the most disturbing horror movies of all time, The Shining. Mm. But in 1968, Kubrick released 2001 A Space Odyssey. This is an absolute masterpiece among film fans, regarded one of the best science fiction films of all time. Also the most influential. 
it was a collaboration with science fiction author Arthur C. Clarke and it tells the story of an alien intelligence that visited Earth in the distant past and left behind artefacts in the solar system. Now, this movie featured groundbreaking special effects which still hold up today and we never saw anything like them at the time. Mm. The effects look so good that the movie gave the American government an idea. Apparently, someone in the Pentagon approached Kubrick and asked him to fake the landing. His reward then for doing that would be funding for any future film project, which is huge. Now, some claim that Kubrick even left clues of his role in the film adaptation of Stephen King's The Shining in 1980. Now, that could be a whole other episode, because if you go back on that, Stephen King hates that depiction of The Shining, has always hated it and been very vocal and always felt that Kubrick um, kind of did his own thing on it and well, didn't stay true to the book. Jack Nicholson, was it? Jack Nicholson yeah, was in yeah. it, yeah. So if you look at The Shining, what a lot of people will say give you the clues. There are Indian wall hangings in the Hotel of The Shining. They look like rockets launching. The pattern on the carpet is a hexagonal shape, which is the exact shape of a rocket launching pad. Then in one scene, young Danny, which is the child in it, he stands up and you can see his knitted jumper. It has a rocket on it and it says Apollo 11. There's another scene where Danny walks down a hall and comes to an open door at room 237. Now, this has been changed from room 217 in the novel. And why the number 237 is significant is because the average orbital distance between the Earth and the Moon is 237,000 miles. There's also a scene where Jack's wife discovers that Jack has been typing the same phrase over and over again. That phrase is, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. But the word all isn't written as all, it's written as A11 or Apollo 11. Now, Kubrick has been interviewed many times, so it would have been great if he was asked about it or spoke about it. But as it turns out, maybe he was. In 2016, an interview with Kubrick with a documentary filmmaker, when he was asked about what his favourite projects were, he said the moon landing. Here's what he said. The challenge of, of making this this film, and, and, and I went into it like it was a regular film, like a, 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 another production of mine, um, not thinking too much about uh, the long-term effects that the, the what it would mean uh to to society if ever if it was ever discovered mm-hmm. um what what are you talking about i don't even know what you're talking about you're referring the, to something the, the, the moon the fake moon landing to fulfill this dream that america has had as a country since uh, the kennedy years okay so you're saying the motivation was pr pr absolutely plain and simple PR, Fake, uh, faking the exploration of space because there was just no way we could get there. Now, that should have put it all to bed. It that should. That should have answered it. Because everybody saw that interview and said it's finally proof that the moon landings were indeed fake. Problem is, the interview itself is fake. It was the Stanley Kubrick lookalike and outtakes from the documentary show the producer pressuring the actor who he called Tom to talk more about his conversation or fake conversation with Nixon. So that was kiboshed after a few months. So let's look at the other side then and proof that the moon landings maybe did happen. Mm. So if you look first at low resolution pictures, a lot of the picture anomalies that we spoke about can be explained simply because they are in such low resolution. Many claim to see a clear line that separates a backdrop from 
the set, which could prove it was filmed on a set. But these lines disappear in the high-res versions of the pictures, so they would be there if there was a, a separation. Also, if you look at the shining clues, these could be explained as nothing more than coincidence or stretches of the imagination. The one pertaining to room three, 237, it could just be number 237. Mm. The actual distance to the moon is actually 239,000 miles, so not 237. Also, Kubrick himself admitted he was a big fan of the space mission, so may have drawn a lot of his inspiration from that. Mm. We spoke about the shadows. Now, shadows are not always parallel. It depends on where the person is standing. Objects can disappear at the vanishing point, which is the point on the horizon where we can't see beyond our field of view. Now, they used wide lenses in their photography, so that could give kind of a carnival mirror type effect on the pictures. So that could explain that. Mm. What about the stars? The stars one, because that's an interesting one. But in order to take pictures of the moon, they had to close the iris on the camera some bit to take pictures because of the brightness of the moon. We all know, of course, how bright a full moon is. So that can limit what can be pictured outside of the main focus of the picture. Mm. Much like how we don't see stars in a town because of streetlights, they're often kind of polluted with that and our eyes can only register Mm. at a certain level and can't go beyond that streetlight, we'll say. What about the module landing on the moon then? Now, this can be explained because the lunar module actually turns off its engines about 10 to 12 feet above the ground. So this allows the module to kind of glide downwards and land very gently. So there wasn't that much wind to disturb the ground and it wasn't ever really going to cause any visible changes if it's going to just glide down with that. Also, Apollo 11 landed in different areas than the other Apollo missions were going to, so it was solid ground. So other missions mm. did show a lot of dust, but that's because they landed in, in dustier, dustier areas. Well, what about the big one that they all talk about, the flag? The flag. Well, if you look at the flag, I mean, the flag was... That can be attributed to a flimsy aluminium pole used to erect it. I mean, it was it was like tinfoil kind of mushed up together. So you're not going to have much sturdiness in that. And it's going to waver a little bit until it settles again. Mm. So a lot of people will say it happened because the pole on it wasn't really sturdy enough and once it was being handled so much but once it's settled you can see it's not waving anymore so that mm. could explain that so come on then ellie fake or not well i mean many can claim that there's evidence that the landings were faked the main points though in it can be debunked so it raises the question then did the u.s succeed in bringing man to the moon probably but were they covering it up as well probably as well <laughs> but what were they covering up? So Carl Wolf gave evidence of what he witnessed in relation to the moon landings. Here's what he said. My name is Carl Wolf, and I was a precision electronics photographic repairman with a top secret crypto clearance in mid-1965. I was loaned to the Lunar Orbiter Project at NASA on Langley Field. Um, I was taken into the laboratory where the equipment was malfunctioning. I couldn't repair it in the dark. I asked to have it removed. A uh, airman second class was in the dark room at that time. I was also an airman second class. About 30 minutes into the process, he said to me, um, in a very distressed way, um, by the way, we've discovered a base on the backside of the moon. And then he proceeded to put photographs down in front of me, and clearly in these photographs were structures, uh, mushroom-shaped buildings, spherical buildings, and towers. 
And at, at that point, I was very concerned because I knew we were working on compartmentalized security. He had breached security, and I was actually frightened at that moment. And I did not question him any further. And a few moments later, someone did come into the room. Um, I worked there for three more days, and I remember going home and naively thinking, I can't wait to hear about this on the evening news. And here it is, more than 30 years later, and I hope we hear about it tonight. And I will testify under oath before Congress that what I'm saying is the truth. Wow. So even though NASA say they intend to go back to the moon, but they don't have the finance and they lost the technology, the real reason maybe we haven't gone back because of what we found when we did go there. Yeah, but I mean, none of it adds up when you think. Lost the technology. I mean, they're supposed to have gone to the moon on sort of computer power that would be similar to what we'd have on a watch yeah. nowadays. Yeah. So how do you mean they lost the I mean, we the can technology? go to Mars. We can surely go to the moon. Yeah. So it would make you question maybe what are we not being told when it comes to what they did find on the moon? More conspiracy. Dun, dun, dun. I love it. Ellie, thanks very thanks, much friend. indeed. Fascinating as always. Thank you. It's uh, 28 past 11. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage.ie.